0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Heat Nation, welcome into Believe in Miami Heat for another week. Joey Levin, back at it with you again. And I'm joined, as always, by the two-time NBA champion, Norris Cole. Norris, here we are again with the streaky Miami Heat. (laughs) <laughs> Once again, we got, just when we thought just when we thought, oh things are good. Here we are again talking about things not so good.
0: What's going on, Heat Nation? Yeah.
1: Like you said, man, we got the
0: streaky, we got the streaky Miami Heat. You know, we win, you know, we go on the win streak and win four, five in a row, and then we get back to, you know, we take our steps back. Ten steps forward, two, three steps back.
1: It's yeah, it's such a crazy year and in- there's obviously a lot to break down. Today's episode, we'll, we'll talk about this losing streak, what mm-hmm. we're seeing, what we, what can be done. I think it's pretty clear to a lot of people what the issues are, but we're going to have we got to talk about them. And then, of That's course, true. of course, it's we're recording this Monday, uh, March 22nd. I have Twitter. I'm locked in on Twitter because who knows the trigger could get pulled at any minute because mm-hmm. three o'clock on Thursday is the trade deadline. And we've been talking every episode since we started this thing about who could the heat potentially trade for. There is buzz going around and heat nation is clamoring for something. <laughs> heat nation is, is desperate right now. They don't, I don't even think at this point, the heat, heat Twitter cares who it is. They just want to see something happen.
0: <laughs> there's definitely a buzz and there's always a buzz around this time, but this year, you know, heat nation is definitely feeling the buzz. Um, There's definitely some adjustments to the roster that need to be made. And now we just have to wait and see, you know, if they're going to pull the trigger. They've already made a couple, you know, made us, you know, made us a little splash in free agency with uh, Trevor Reza, You know, but obviously there's still more moves to be made if this roster is going to, you know, do what we expect it to
1: be able to do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we're, we'll get into, the names that are out there, the one specific, the one big name that we've talked about before, we're going to talk about them again for, for the trade deadline. We'll talk about this, the offensive woes continue. Uh, we'll get into all of that, but first, let's talk about our people over at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. March Madness, we are in it, people. And Norris, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that it had to go down like that. Hey,
0: hey, man, hey, man,
1: hey, man, but look, I'm not going to do but you look Be nice. Hey, I'm being Be nice, but I'm being nice. They lost to a team that I think could legitimately go to the final four. Okay. Houston is very good. Houston is. Yeah. I, and I didn't watch a lot of college basketball this year. So I'm watching a lot of these teams for the first time. Houston's a very good team. I, I like, I, I like that team. Now I don't like them as much as my national championship pick, which is Florida state Seminoles who play Colorado tonight. We'll see what happens there, but this tournament has been so nuts. That it is. anything is possible at this point. Anything is possible. I still think it's going to be. Mich- I actually, I actually really think it's going to be Jawan and Michigan I about state. To say, I'm
0: going with my big brother, Jawan. Now, not at Cleveland state is no longer in it. I'm going with yeah. my big brother, Jawan.
1: Yep. Um, but for any of that information, as long as you're following it, bet online has you covered for all the news, the scores, the odds, it's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. So head to the website, BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Nailed it. I nailed it. So much better than last week. I'm yeah, getting It, it actually makes perfect. There you go. Yeah. Now that March last it was the beginning of March madness and I were in the thick of it. I got a little I got a game under my belt. Absolutely. I'm feeling a little bit comfortable. Now I'm feeling a little bit comfortable.
0: Man, shout well, out to all the mid majors out there too who are doing their thing in March Madness. I got to give a special shout out to the mid majors, man, because you know that's what I come from. You know, Oral Roberts they doing their thing. Loyola, Chicago, y'all. Hey, listen,
1: yeah, keep it up. Shout out to the mid majors. Hey, you can't. You, I think we all underestimated Sister Jean a little bit. The power that 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 Sister Jean has with Loyola. She's, she's talking to somebody and getting it done. Cause that team, they killed Illinois. They killed Illinois. Yeah. It remind reminds me of my, uh, my experience with Cleveland state when we killed Wake Forest. Yeah. Yeah. It's thank them. Yeah. I, I don't remember. And I, again, I don't watch a ton of college basketball anymore. Uh, I, cause I watched so much NBA, but I don't remember a tournament. I know there's always upsets, but I don't remember it being this wild. There is this so early. many upsets. This yeah.
0: early is crazy.
1: Yeah, a lot of top seeds falling, and but that's what makes me think even more like a, a one seed, Michigan or one of them is gonna they're gonna take it take it. So we'll see, we'll, we'll see. see. If if my if my if my Seminoles can get past Colorado, it's Florida State, Michigan in the Sweet Sixteen. It's a big, it's a big if. We'll see about that. We got a top, we got a kid that's gonna be a, who's 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 playing to be a top five pick, Scotty Barnes. So we'll see we'll see that that's the time. That's your chance, Scotty. We you step up <laughs> step up in that game, you might be a top five pick. Um, all right, let's talk about the Heat. Uh, we mentioned off the top. So now after uh, Sunday's loss to Indiana, their second loss in a row to Indiana, third loss in a row. Uh, then Heat are now fifth in the East. There's a they're still a game above 522 22 and 21. And it's been it's been this way all year. So you know a couple of weeks ago they were on a four game losing streak and we there was a little bit of panic then they won what seven or eight in a row, six seven eight in a row and it was Jimmy Butler for MVP and now they've lost three in a row and it's panic again so for you seeing the the way this has gone over the last few weeks what is your level of concern if there is a major level of concern seeing I guess sort of the inconsistency well consistently inconsistent I guess is the way to put it right
0: yeah well that's been the story of this season you know lack of consistency I mean the defense has been consistent but we all know at some point you have to score the ball but there is no panic in that building I can tell you that you know Spo, you know he's not gonna panic you know he's seen it all he's been through it all but for us from the outside looking in there's definitely panic. There's definitely moves that need to be made, even though in the standings, you know, they're right there. I think they're fifth now mm-hmm. in the standings. So they're, they're right there in the thick of things, but you know, as the season goes on, you know, you want to see a trend in the right direction. You want to see a trend of, you know, getting better. You want to see a trend of the up and up. And right now, you know, we get five good games. and We get three bad ones. And so, you know, I, hopefully some moves can be made that can adjust the roster and that can uh, boost through that offense. Because um, right now the offense is still you know, still struggling. Uh, the defense can only do so much in a in in league that's predicated on offense.
1: Yeah, and so it was fascinating to me because after, after they lost this third game in a row, I went and looked. This is the fourth time this year that they've lost three or more games. Last year, they only lost three games in a row once, and they never lost yeah. more than three games in a row and this roster as we've mentioned outside of jay crowder and i guess derek jones jr it's essentially the same roster so like yeah but I'm that's how you know say,
0: the nba is constantly that's why you say if you're not getting better
1: you're getting worse
0: right you know cuz everyone's always getting better and obviously we know about you know the bubble last year it was meant, it was built for a disciplined organization like the heat you know the heat thrive on discipline so the bubble didn't affect them as bad as it affected the other team. But now, like I said, we're back in a almost normal society, not quite, but back in normal circumstances, the playing field is even now. And so, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely some more moves that need to be made
1: so that some consistency can come about. Well, that's an interesting thing about bringing up the bubble because, you know, obviously part of the thing at the beginning of the year for a lot of people was, how real was that run? Was it a bubble thing or was it that team? Obviously, we know that everything Jimmy did was real. Like Jimmy's the the the, the real Jimmy's the, the, truth. But, the truth. But two guys whose regression has really started to become, I guess the probably, you know, the for, for all the for all the crap that I gave Kelly all year, right? Right. The two guys whose regression has become a huge problem is Duncan and Tyler. And it's particularly as shooters. Duncan is down to 38% from 45% last year. And now I'm not I'm not knocking 38% 45% in, is crazy. 45%
0: right. is crazy.
1: Right, exactly. I'm not knocking 38% in the NBA because 38% is good. Still above average. It's above, but he was a top five shooter last year. And in a lot of scenarios, when you talk trade at the beginning of the year, during there was questions like how valuable is a guy who can who's a top five shooter in the league? Now he's shooting 38%. Tyler hero, he's down to 31% from 39%. So the question partially, I mean, it's, there's, there's different ways to go with this, but how much of this do you think is teams figuring out these guys and how much of it do you think, I mean, for Tyler, maybe a sophomore slump or how much of it was, was there a factor? I mean, their, their percentages were over the whole season last year. So they weren't only in the bubble, right? But they really showed out in the bubble. Mm -hmm. do you think there's a level of these, these two guys in particular, young guys having that comfort level in the bubble that they no longer have, like being around the team all the time, being around Jimmy all the time. Do you think there's any aspect that maybe they're not what we saw in the bubble? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I believe that once you are on the
0: scouting report, teams lock in on you, you know, your rookie year, you know, teams don't, quite know everything about you you know and Mm -hmm. the season is so long you know you have another game the next day it's really hard to lock in but once you get a full year in your belt a full year of film a full year of tape a full year of seeing how you play the league adjusts to you and so i think that they're going through that phase right now they're going through that phase of trying to find their their consistent game their consistent floor game while the teams have made their adjustments to them and then the, the other part of it is you know That bubble atmosphere, you know, for young players, it took them back to like an AAU setting. And, you know, Tyler Hero, you know, Duncan, they're not too far removed from, you know, they had two years removed from playing AAU. So Mm -hmm. that setting for them was kind of, you know, I don't want to say comfortable because they were, you know, forced to stay there, but, well, not forced to stay there, but, you know, they couldn't leave without extra testing. But that was an AAU type of environment. And so... You know, for those who are not too far removed from the AAU circuit, you know, they perform really well in that environment. So I think it's a little bit of both. Um, But whatever the case is, it's part of the NBA journey. It's part of the NBA process. And I believe that the Heat, you know, the Heat will help
1: guide them through that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because um, when I like last year when they went to the bubble, I actually brought that up before the playoffs is particularly as it pertains to Tyler, I don't really know much about Duncan's high school background. I know he was not highly recruited. I don't even know mm-hmm. where he played I don't know what team Tyler played AAU for, but I imagine it was a, a high level program that almost certainly probably played at the wide world of sports at some point. Like he's probably played there. Like you said, within the last four to five years,
0: even <laughs> if they haven't, they played it. They played in settings like that. That's, that's the AAU setting. Right. Every team plays, stays at the hotel. You, you hoop, you go back to the hotel, you eat, chill out, relax, play video games, get your haircut, whatever, and then you come back and hoop the next day.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so outside of those guys, I mean, obviously they're not the only issues that will, offensively, right? right? It's just across right, the board. Right. I mean, look at these numbers. So it's the, the, the thing that everyone points at the most right now, and I pointed at it a lot on here, is the three-point shooting. They're now 29th in the league in three-point shooting. They're like third or fourth last year in the league. But they're still the percentage of points coming from threes is still twelfth, and they're still taking the tenth most threes per game. So it's it, it's one of those, but I, but they're also twenty fourth in points in the paint. So it's a combination. It's not just the shoot. It's just all around. It's it, it's sort of like the pieces maybe don't necessarily fit as is it, like the way they once did. I, I don't know. It's 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 hard to peg because. They seem to fit. It is tough in the NBA to have your two best players be non-shooters the way the NBA yes, is now. That's very tough. So when the other guys that are in the lineup are not knockdown shooters, it, it it's really it's showing w- what type of impact it has on this offense right now because the numbers just across the board. I mean, they're also twenty-seven.
0: we we must say, the guard play. Has slacked a little, you know, Dragge and none has slowed down some. You know, none came out the year on fire, you know, but no, Dragge hasn't looked like himself. And he, like you said, hero hasn't looked like himself and none has kind of cooled off. So the guard play is not there. And that's, that's where you get, you know, your mid range game from your finishes at the basket, you know, your three point shooting, other than from Duncan knows your guard play. And they haven't got much, you know, guard play as of late. Mm -hmm.
1: They haven't had good high level guard play. Yeah, and the Goron thing is interesting to me because I actually have that in my notes too. It's that we talked a lot. We, we've we talked constantly about how this team struggled without Jimmy, but Goran Dragic has missed 15 games this year. Yeah, and man. The Heater, they're seven and eight when he doesn't play. They're a below 500 team when he doesn't play. He has the third best net rating on the team. It is concerning to me, not that he's important because he's we know how important he is to this team offensively, but it also i think highlights how the young guys have not come along the way we would have hoped at this point in the year that when he's out the young guards are not able to come through and 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 step up the way they need to all the time obviously kendrick had his spurts mm-hmm. but really it really points to the other young guys not necessarily developing the way we had hoped at a little over halfway through the season after what we saw in last year's playoffs in particular?
0: Well, you know, we, you don't like to make any excuses. You know, the Miami Heat are a no-excuse team. But as a player, I'm going to tell you, without having a full offseason of being able to come in the facility and work on your game, without summer league, without a real training camp, it's tough to get that – it's tough to to develop and, and get better the way you normally would. Because in the normal offseason, you have those months – You know, you have three or four months to come to the facility, get in the weight room, do conditioning, get your shots up, you know, do your drill work where you're going to be at, you know, in in your spacing on the floor. You you work your drill so that you know your spacing and everything. And then you have a full training camp. You know, and when you're a young player, that's very, very vital to your development. You know, being able to watch your film with the coaches and then go out up on the the practice court and, and work those things over the summer that's how you get better. You know, not just having a personal trainer, but being able to come to the facility and and Mm -hmm. do those things. And the Miami heat is very big on that. So I think that's playing a role. These guys are having to figure it out on the fly short off season. And so this is what you, you know, this is what you kind of get when you have that type of off season for young players, you know, it's a little different for veteran players, but for young players, you need that experience. You need that time with the coaches in the summertime, you know, you need those full training camps. And so I think right now they're up and down play from the young players. Um, I, I believe that that plays a part.
1: Absolutely. Now we've taught, I mean, we, we, I think we beat it into the ground. Everybody beats in the ground, the three point shooting. Yeah. Uh, but Spo like Spo. so, you know, at least in terms of people that are, publicly talking on a podcast about the Miami Heat, you know Spo better than anybody who's talking on a Heat podcast. He not last game but the game before I think it was, they asked him about the three-point shooting and he mm-hmm. basically said like that that it's not the biggest concern because the shooters are too good for the shots to not eventually fall. Right? In your mind when you hear Spo say something like that, is that Spo Giving coach speak when he's answering, or is that Spo really saying, like, we don't need to adjust the offense? The offense is going to happen, it's going to work because I know how good of shooters these guys are.
0: I think it's both. You know, Spo is going to give his players confidence, obviously, but then, too, they brought these players in for a reason. And so The same way you praise the guys and you draw plays for them when they're making it, you have to be able to live with the down plays, too, when you truly believe in them. And everyone knows shooting is the most inconsistent part of basketball. Mm -hmm. Even the best shooter, Steph Curry goes games where he's two for 10, two for 12 and all of that. The best shooters do that. So, you know, he's the best of the best. And so, you know, you have to be able to live with the the struggling times. And as long as the guys are in the gym, which. From the sound of it, I'm sure these guys have been in the gym getting their shots up. They are they are really good shooters. Duncan Robinson is a, I don't want to say great because he hasn't done it long enough, but from the look of it, he has the potential to be a great shooter. You know, Tyler Hero, you know, he has the potential to be a great shooter. And so as long as these guys are getting their reps in, he's right. The law of averages say eventually it will come around. Hopefully it just comes around sooner rather rather than later.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting to me too with this Heat team? And I think this is kind of normal. I haven't really gone back historically over the last few years and looked at it. They're 27th in pace. And, you know, like that will – that always will bring your offensive numbers down because you just have less possessions in a game. Like scoring-wise, if your pace is low. But it seems like – I wonder if that's a, a strategic thing, just the way they play this year, or they're they're not trying to push the tempo because they're not old. Like Goron's Goron's a little older, Iggy's a little older, but everyone else is pretty young. And Jimmy right. Jimmy's thirty, but Jimmy's we know Jimmy can go. Like right. it almost seems like maybe if they played a little faster, get because you can get more get more because the defense is great. Like, when you have a defense mm-hmm. that's that good, let's run. Let's get out and run and get buckets.
0: It's, it's a catch-22. You have to really balance that. And I, I, you're right, because the team is young, and they probably can play a little faster. and probably should at times. But part of the reason their defense is good is because they cut the possessions down. Mm-hmm. The other team doesn't have as many chances to score. And then when you have Bam and Jimmy down there rebounding, you know, once they get the rebound, that's it for you. So you you get one shot at the basket, and they secure the rebound. And so that's part of the reason why they've been able to be in games because they can cut the possessions down and not give a team as many chances to you know to score, knowing that they might be struggling to score as well, but they're not gonna give you as many chances to score. So that's mm-hmm. like a philosophy thing. And the Heat has never played at the fastest pace, even when we were there, even when we was in our championship years, we wasn't number one in pace. Right. You know, we we ran. No, no, nah, don't get it. Get me wrong. We could run with the best of them. But we always knew that you know we're gonna make you play at our pace. Right. Right, but but I, I think that's something to, that's something to think about, man, because if you wanna have better offense, <laughs> you need more attempts at it.
1: Right. The and more
0: the more shots you shoot, the better, you know, your percentages should be at some point.
1: And you have you have a guy in Jimmy who is almost unstoppable when he goes to the rim. You have sure. a big you have a big and bam who's one of the few bigs who can catch it off the rim and take it and just go for sure. Um, and he's so a great passer. For And he's a great passer. You got Goron, who, when he's healthy is one of the most one crafty the guys examples. getting to the rim. Yep. Kendrick has shown that he can go. So there's, there's opportunities there. I just think if they played just a little bit faster, you, yeah. you get it. It's easy buckets. Like, you know, this when you're, when you have an, a struggling offense, you got to figure out a way to manufacture easy points, right? Exactly. Get to the rim, get to the free throw line, and the easiest way is when you get these stops, get out in transition and score and get fouled, get to the line. That t- because especially and that's like, how you
0: get open threes as well. Transition. Other the best the best time to get a three point shot is after an offensive rebound, kick out three. The second best one is when you push the ball transition, break the defense down, and kick out for an uncontested transition three. Yep. And so, you know, maybe that could help free up some of the shooters. Um,
1: yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. You, you might be on to something right there, Joey. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, 19th and fast break points, that number could go up. Maybe they play a little faster. Maybe that number goes up. I personally am not concerned about the defense if they play faster. Like I, I just, I I'm so high on Bam and Jimmy as defensive anchors. Now you bring a a reason to the mix, uh, Maybe Avery Bradley will play at some point this year. Who knows? Uh, you know, you got, and then you got young guys like Tyler, even though he's struggling offensively, he's still a solid defender. He's a good athlete. Kendrick Nunn is like, uh, Kelly's been playing great defense. Kelly's been playing great defense. So mm-hmm. like, I think you can afford in today's NBA, you don't have to hold, even though we love seeing them hold teams under a hundred, you don't right. necessarily have to hold them under a hundred. If you can score one twenty. you know, like, <laughs> Or one fifteen, yeah. you know, and the Heat, the
0: Heat don't even have to score that much. The Heat exactly
1: one ten, exactly. They can, they can win. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, all right. Well, obviously, what we have to talk about is the deadline. We got to talk about what do we think are the right moves. Who are the potential players out there? Let's talk about maybe the move that they already made. What do we think about that? But first. Let's talk about eBay, shall we? Nah. We know we love eBay out here. You gotta on get the your hit.
0: kicks, baby. You got to get them fresh kicks.
1: Yeah. So whether it's rare, dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for on eBay. And as the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop your pair. You've been eyeing with eBay's authenticity guarantee. Your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box logo stitching and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers, $100 plus, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. So before we talk about Thursday, like coming up on Thursday with the deadline and the things that might happen, that could be happening now, I, I keep forgetting to check Twitter. I gotta keep checking. Uh, last week, since we've done, since we did the podcast, the Heat did make a move. They traded Myers Leonard and a future second-round pick for Trevor Ariza, uh, which I, I like. I mean, I think it's a good move, especially. I think there was just, I think the majority of the people who saw the trade forgot Trevor was playing cuz he hasn't played in he hasn't played in so long that's my only thing with the trade is i think as he plays his way into shape he'll be very valuable come playoff time he mm-hmm. just hasn't played in so long cuz you know if you remember he opted out of the bubble because he uh was family, having family. he had a family, family. thing yep. mm-hmm. um and then he got traded to OKC and i think he just decided to stay with the family because he knew he wasn't part of the plans in OKC he right. has spent the last few months down here working out with Stan Remy. Absolutely, um, shout
0: out to Remy. I work out with Remy every yeah.
1: summer. Yeah, super trainer, man. Everybody comes down, and w- when they come down to my, when they come down to South Florida, they work out with Stan. Um, <laughs> but uh, so he's been down here. They say he's been looking good, but I think it's a like you said, it's not the move, and I think everybody understands that. But it is a good move. It does free up the, the ability to, like we said, potentially bring Kelly off the bench more. Let Kelly be the five with the second unit Trevor brings a lot of what Iggy brings other than the championship experience, but he brings a lot of what he brings on the defensive end and he's a better Trevor is a champion. Trevor won a championship in in Los Angeles. Yeah. He was young though, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, So he he has that. That's true. I always forget about, I do forget about that. Yeah. He
0: got championship DNA for sure. I always forget about that. He's cut from the old school. Yeah. When he gets out there, he's going to bring a level of intensity Mm -hmm. that you, that you're going to need. And you know, when you got, teams like Boston and um, teams like Philly and teams like the Nets who have multiple perimeter threats. You need six, seven, six, eight guys that you can switch off with, with Bam and with Jimmy, you know, and with Tyler out there. So he's another long defender and Iggy, he's another long defender that can
1: defend multiple positions. Yeah. And I think, I know you don't, I know you don't necessarily, you may not necessarily agree with this, but I also think he makes Iggy a little more expendable if he has to get put in a trade because he has a $15 million expiring deal. If they're going to make a deal, some of these, some of these deals are going to get moved. I don't want to move on from Igadala, but he, he has a really valuable contract when it comes to trades because it's $15 million expiring.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Only, only for, because of the business side, but I like, you know, I like Iggy because like I said, the DNA, the championship experience, but like you said, part of these trades, is the money, the money factor, you know, comes into play. Right. So the look
1: right now, here's what I've been thinking outside of just the the obvious need for this team to improve. Is there any level that you think the organization needs to make a move to potentially keep Jimmy happy? Because we've seen in the past Mm -hmm. now, I don't think, I think a lot of the stuff that happened with Jimmy in the past was probably overblown based on his situation and, this, and the situation he was in, Minnesota in particular. Then the Philly thing just didn't work. They were actually a good team. It just didn't work out. He left. But we've seen Jimmy get frustrated. And right now, the guy is doing everything that he can possibly do in his power to keep this team in the position that they're in. Um, is it almost to a point where some you got to pull the trigger just to shake it up and say – no, no we, 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 we're going to, we know there's an opportunity right now. Kevin Durant's not healthy. We don't know how real the Sixers are. We don't know how real the, like this is, we still have an opportunity to be a, a championship level team. Jimmy, we, we got you. We're going to, we're going to go, we're going to pull the trigger.
0: I don't think they have to show him anything because they, the Miami Heat, they are who they are. You know, they're established organization. Um, I think they fit each other. You know, the reason that Jimmy didn't fit in those other places had nothing to do with anything other than the fact that they didn't fit his his alpha male, his competitive nature. Hmm. They were those organizations were more cut from the easygoing, the, the the softer, you know, the way of doing things. And Jimmy's cut from the intense way of doing things, and you know. And I think he's he's in the in the perfect place. Um, I think he understands that he understands that as a player, he's in a place where he can be himself, and that's that's the one thing NBA players want to be able to be able to play for an organization where they can totally be themselves. And Miami is the perfect place for Jimmy. So I don't think that he's thinking that way. Um, I don't think the organization is thinking that way, and they shouldn't think that way. They shouldn't think that way. I, they have a process in what they're going through. They had a successful season last year, even though they didn't win the championship. They're trending in the right direction, coming off of COVID-19 offseason. You got to think, this is not normal. We, we still, I know we've played a lot of basketball, but this is still not normal. So I don't think anybody should overreact to anything right now.
1: Right. Um, as far as the rumors and everything that's going on right now, Mm -hmm. the report is that Kyle Lowry wants to compete for a championship and that if he gets traded, he wants, first of all, he wants to retire as a Raptor, but he said as long as he said, he'll go back on a one day if that's what it takes. So I think that kind of implies like he knows he could be out Uh, and the Raptors, they've lost eight in a row. They played tonight. They're in a bad way since their COVID problems. Um, right. So they have a big decision to make right now because they are not very good. They just paid a bunch of money to a bunch of young guys. And that are not going to lead them to a championship. And right. So, and they got to figure out what, so the favorites reportedly for Kyle Lowry, the, the reports are, there's, there's so many, I mean, it's trade deadline. So it's just, everybody's got to report, but that Miami has been going hard after Kyle Lowry. Um, and that his preferred destinations would be Miami or Philly. He's a Philly guy. Right. I guess he has a relationship with Jimmy Butler is what uh, they, they say, but also it's Miami. I think he just makes sense. It, I think he sees what the the situation is in Miami and makes sense for he him. Fits,
0: he fits the DNA in Miami, tough, yeah. rugged, yeah. hard nosed, championship pedigree. I mean, he just fits. He fits yeah. the mold of a, of a Miami Heat player. Um, Tough-minded, willing to come in, put his hard hat on, go to work. Um, so he fits.
1: Um, and I tell you what, as crazy as it sounds, he might come in day one if he came to the Heat and be the best one-on-one scorer. I mean, he because he could score at all three levels. Like, it, it, there's no yeah, scorer on the yeah. Heat team right now that – really does that at a high level like he's a great three-point shooter um and he's and he gets to the rim he gets the free throw line i know he's a little bit he's 35 but he's still having a very good year I, i'm not saying he's better than jimmy but as an about, all-around say, scorer nah i'm about to say still
0: Jimmy is. i mean he can shoot better than jimmy but jimmy can't shoot he just chooses not to you think so? don't forget what jimmy did in chicago
1: His was kids, he a shooter I don't it was wasn't that really?
0: he was a shooter, but he made shots though. Yeah. When you're a scorer and you have the ball in your hand, it's unlimited what you can do. It's all about rhythm at that point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, That's it's fair. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy chooses, he, he, he knows where his game is most efficient. Well, he takes the old school approach. You know, why am I shooting threes when you can't stop me from posting up? You can't stop me from driving to the basket. You can't stop me in transition. You can't stop me from making plays. You know, why shoot a three when I, you know, why settle for a three when I'm, doing great at what i'm good at. so you know i'm i'm pretty sure that's how jimmy thinks. i mean look how he plays. he still was getting 40 30s in the playoffs, you know, without being a great three-point shooter. so but like you said right. Kyle Lowry Kyle Lowry's playmaking ability at all three levels um his his willingness to take and make big shots, his his defensive ability, you know, he fits in with the defense. he's going to take charges you know he's gonna get those timely fouls, those timely steals that you need. And that'll be, hey, that'll be something. Depending on what the, he have to give up, but that'll well, be something
1: go. to make that happen. The reports are that he, I gotta keep checking the alerts. I'm getting the alerts. No trades. Okay.
0: Check. Uh, hey, you gotta check Woj. If Woj, if it don't come, that's from what Woj, I got. Hey,
1: or Shams. Sh- yep. Shams, his protege. Um. The, it, it said that they want either Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson.
0: Whoo, that's asking a lot. I don't know. Not man. so much to Duncan. Not so much to Duncan Robinson, but the Tyler Hero though. That's that's asking a lot. That's it is. You want to keep that? That's 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 young. That's the
1: young future. That's the young future right there. I know, but the question, I guess, on everyone's that everyone is trying to figure out is like, what do you? When you look at Tyler Hero, what do you? What do you? look at his, future. like, what do you look at his ceiling as? Because, Mm. you know, I think you, I think a lot of times when we talk trades, we get caught up in what we could get in the future, as opposed to what we could potentially get right now. And, you know, do you, do you see him ever being like a top 20 player in the NBA, a top 25 player in the NBA? It's tough to say, right. But if you traded it, if you got Kyle Lowry right now, you can win the East. I mean, I really think Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and Bam Adebayo is good enough to win the East. Who's going to be this? Who's going to be this? Who's going to score and shoot? Kyle Lowry. He's not
0: never been a high level scorer like big points guys. But well, average on average, that's never right. Been but a, he but he average. would
1: be he would um, I think he would already be the best three point shooter on the Heat this year. He's shooting thirty nine percent from three right now, um, and he shoots thirty seven percent for his career. Um, He's right now he's averaging 18 7 assists, 5 rebounds and he's shooting 39% from 3. He's still playing at a really high level and I mean it's not like Tyler or Tyler is a scorer. Now it depends on I mean he is a scorer, that's not what I mean. I mean like right oh, now man, for the was, Heat. I just mean like it's not like he's, the, it's, not like he's the, it's not like he's the volume scorer right now for the Heat. Right, he's not he's lighting it
0: up. He's definitely not lighting it up.
1: Now the question I guess also becomes does Goran Dragic have to get included in that it, um, because what's his, what does his role become? Yeah. Cause then
0: you got, you got him, you got Gordon, you got, um, Kyle Lowry and then you got none. You got three point guards.
1: Yeah. I think one of them is gone probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I guess it's all, how much do you value? Like, do you look at it? Because again, this is something you know better than most people and you can, and you could put perspective on this. Right. Mm-hmm. I think what happens when we get to trade, when we talk trades, is we sometimes we say, like, well, you don't want to give up this because you know, this guy's going to be great, or this guy's going to be one of our guys for the next five, six years just for to win one to, year, just for one year. But if do you think Kyle Lowry can get you a championship or even get to say, you to a championship because that doesn't happen, it's rare, like, you know, if that
0: one year can be a
1: championship, then you make it happen. And look, the way the league is right now, it is. So wide open. It's wide open right now. I'm getting out by the day I get more concerned about Kevin Durant's injury. I don't know what it's a hamstring coming off a torn Achilles. Who knows what it really, what's really going on. And now you get the Lakers. That's a yeah. mess, right? Woo! Giannis is sitting tonight, sprained knee. Uh, Joel Embiid's been out. He got a bad ankle injury. Everything is wide open right now. So if you think you're a piece away and that's the best piece you can get, maybe you you might just have to accept that you sacrifice a little bit of your future. And when you're a franchise like the heat, that has a track record of taking later round first round picks and making the most of them, maybe you're willing to do that.
0: Yeah. But I mean, hero was like a lottery pick, you don't late. Yeah. uh, Yeah. But you don't send off lottery picks. Cause you don't get them often, even though the heat doesn't live off of it, but you don't, that, that brings a lot of value when you're a lottery pick, you know, you don't, you don't just waste those picks. So if it's the pick, that, if, it's, if it's the trade that you believe can lead you to the championship and you're convinced that it gives you the best chance, then you go for it. But if there's any doubt, you, I don't believe you leveraged your young, um a young guy like that, that you took in the lottery, who can who's shown the ability to play at extremely high levels? Well,
1: what do you think? Do you think Kyle Lowry gets can get Miami over the hump? Once again, I'm going to ask who's going to be the shooting guard? Because because Kyle Lowry is a point guard. Right. Well, right now, right now, the starting line. Tyler lineup... Hero. Tyler
0: Hero is not a point guard. He's a he's a wing. Right. So who? So if if you lose a wing. Are you now going? Oh, to Oh well, I
1: mean, I, now, now there, there are a lot of people who believe that Norm Powell might be in that deal too. Okay, so now that that because, may make some sense because Norm Powell has a player option next year, and he's he's averaging like twenty a game. There's right. there's rumors he might get twenty mil a year, which is and I don't think Toronto, after all the money they just threw at all these other guys, they can't afford Norm Powell. Yeah. So I feel like. That might be a package deal with those two guys. I'm not that's all case, that's speculation, it right, just seems right? to makes sense because you know how many players can they pay? They just can't pay these fringe guys all that money.
0: I believe if you can get Kyle Lowry, get Kyle Lowry, but you still have to have a shooting guard, you still have to have a wing player,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, because you got to be able to defend Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum. Kimball Walker. You gotta be able to defend, have people who can defend well they have that. Kyrie but, Irving.
1: But don't you think like no, I mean, wrong. but you
0: gotta have depth. I mean, you gotta have people that Avery can Bradley defend is still them, out there and score. I mean, He's Avery seven, hasn't, seven,
1: played I know. hasn't played yet. He hasn't played.
0: So we you can't go by what we ain't never seen before. We gotta go by what we have established and that we know. And so when you bring in another point guard and you got three point guards on your roster, is that gonna help you defend Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and you no, know, Kevin Durant, that gonna help you defend Chris Middleton and you know, I, I kind of think
1: I got I mean I I, I I get what you're saying, but I also I, I don't think that a swap like if you were if the main principal pieces were Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero, I think you immediately become a deep, better defensive team if you get Kyle Lowry. How much better defensively
0: do you need to be? That's not, deep.
1: <laughs> Listen, you gotta right, understand have that. But I know, but... right, I know. But I think I'm just saying that in terms of what you're saying is that if you lose a wing, then you don't have a wing that can guard these other guys. Right. I think. I mean, I don't know. I just I, it's interesting. It, it is an interesting question. Um, so if if Norm Powell was part of that, you'd be you'd be in.
0: Yeah, if Norm Powell part of that because he can he can do both. He can defend and score because. Tyler Hero has the threat of scoring, even though he hasn't had a great year. You still can't just leave him open. You still have to pay attention to him. He has the threat of scoring, you know. And so, right. And like I said, having three point guards, I mean, what are you going to do with three point guards? With
1: Can they got to well, I, well I, I'm a, look again. We don't know what the actual details would are of what a trade would look like, but I would gotta yeah. imagine one of those guys, either Goron or or Kendrick Nunn would be gone in that. Right, right, right. Uh, And look, I love Goran Dragic. He's done a lot for this team over the past five years that he's been there. Like really got them through a little bit of a rough stretch after the big three left. Mm -hmm. But Kyle Lowry is a big upgrade there too, in my opinion.
0: For sure. Anytime you got a championship guy, championship level guy who still can play, you bring them in. Yep. Um, Hey, I'm ready too. Hey. Y'all need some championship depth,
1: you know. Norris Cole is ready to go. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Hey, we trade trade Goron and Kendrick. Go get Kyle Lowry and bring in Norris to be the backup. Yeah, I'm ready. Hey, I could run it. I'll run that team. Let's go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I can make a move hey, Pat,
0: too. Hey Pat, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I can. I'm in shape with the best of them.
1: <laughs> Let's go! Hey,
0: nah, but I, nah, but on, a, I was serious about that too as well. But on a, on another note, now nah, Cal Lowry is definitely an upgrade. Anytime you can bring in championship mm-hmm. DNA, you 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 definitely getting an upgrade. Uh,
1: the other two, there's two other guys that well one hasn't really been linked to the Heat, but he's an interesting player, and he requested a trade today, which is Aaron Gordon. I saw that. Uh, that hey, I, athletic, yeah, defend and offensively a threat. And strikes me as the kind of guy that the heat it would love to trade for because he's a little disgruntled, hasn't really been used maybe the right way in his situation, hasn't really lived up to what his potent, what people think his potential is, which mm-hmm. is almost like the, the, like the blueprint for a Miami to like go fleece a team and go get this guy on a, you know for low value, bring him in. And he'd be and great what could, next what to could Bam, be better?
0: Be what could be better? Move from Orlando, which is a great city, to South Florida. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: you don't even have to move out your house.
1: Yeah, I don't know what you'd have to give up for that. I, I don't know. I feel no, like you'd be jo- –
0: Orlando definitely wants – they want, you know, at least like a first-round type of pick. For, so you ha- definitely have to give up like a Tyler Hero or Kendrick Nunn or both, if not both, for for, for a player like that. Because they want – Orlando wants
1: proper value for him. Right. As they should, as they should. It's a the question now. I guess becomes what is value for him because he has been disappointing, and he did ask for a trade. So value, kind of, you you get when play, I feel like when players request trades, the team their leverage goes down a little bit because everybody knows the guy wants out.
0: Yeah, but the value is depending on his need to your team. Mm-hmm. If you're a team that need him, his value is up no matter what the circumstance is. If you're a team that maybe you're just looking to make a deal, but you don't have to, that's when, you know, you can you can finesse the situation and kind of get whatever you want out the deal. But if you're a team that's in need, you don't got time to be thinking about that. you like, man, listen, we got to find a way to get this man. So it all depends on the organization who's, who's looking to make the trade for him.
1: Right. I think I'd rather have Kyle Lowry. I agree. I mean, I get – the upside of Gordon, the youth and all that, but Kyle's on the last year of his deal. So you're basically saying he, you're, there's a hired gun, right? You're bringing him in and you're saying, let's go for it. And if it doesn't work, then we, you know, we can either sign him on a cheaper deal if he likes to stay, or if he's trying to get more money at 35, we, you know, thanks for everything. And now you got money to go get a free agent.
0: I think it's a, you know, win, win. If you get Gordon, that's good. If you get Kyle. That's good too, right? In, in a year, like I said, in a year like this, anything can happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anything can happen. And yeah. one thing, Gordon gonna bring you—he like offense, so yeah. and you need offense.
1: And he's a <laughs> solid shooter. His percentages are probably not great, uh, but I just—he hasn't really lived up to any of what we right. expected. But, I'm just but saying, he's not a bad shooter. His,
0: personality. His yeah. personality is offense, though. He likes offense. And when you need scores, you need guys that's going to be shooting come in.
1: 40 percent from three this year.
0: That's that's what I'm saying. And he likes to get out and run. He's gonna attack the offensive glass, tip dunks, you know, bring the excitement.
1: Can you just after after what Bam did to Sabonis the other night, can you just imagine the Aaron Gordon Bam front court? It might be worth it just to have that, just to see that. Because we were talking about, remember, we were talking about Bam and John Collins. If John Collins was on the move. There's not a lot of guys more athletic than John Collins, but Aaron Gordon might be one of them.
0: Yeah, or just as athletic. I don't know right. if
1: he's more, but he's just
0: that would be nice. You know, that, that's an athletic backcourt right there. I mean, frontcourt. That's an athletic
1: frontcourt. And then front we run, and then we run. You have then, to. You got to run. You,
0: you can't have a. It's like having a, a thoroughbred horse and keeping him caged up. Nah, you gotta let him. Oh, gotta let him run.
1: Absolutely. Uh, there was some talk that the Heat are interested in Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't really know that it makes a ton of sense depending on what the offer because he's not playing this he's out for the year. Right. right. Um now obviously and, and you're gonna have to pay him because he's he's looking to get paid soon. He's only making like ten million dollars. So it, it's a weird thing. I don't I'm not really concerned about that one. There is it's now funny,
0: it's funny you said that he's only making 10 million dollars. <laughs>
1: I know it's I I I,
0: I, know. I know I know, but for the NBA, I understand what you mean. But it just sounds funny when you said that.
1: <laughs> I know I know, and it's it is crazy because having worked in the NBA, I know that like even from five years ago when I worked in the NBA, like the it's it's all changed so much in such a short amount of time. It's 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 insane. Sure. Um, but uh, now, in terms of the buyouts, the reports are that if. Lamarcus Aldridge gets bought out by the Spurs. The Heat are the favorite to land him. Uh, because I think the Spurs are still trying to find somebody to trade with for him, but he makes $24 million. I don't think anyone's trading for that contract. So mm-hmm. it looks like he will probably get bought out by Thursday. And seems like there's a real good shot. He's a Miami Heat player.
0: Hey, offensive, another offensive force. When you struggle in the offense, bring in some offensive talent. Yeah. And that's one thing Lamarcus can do. He can play some offense.
1: Yep, and and you know, it's just depth, man. It's that front court depth. You don't have to play him a ton of minutes, but he's going to. He's still so ta- he's still talented enough that he's going to win you a playoff game or two, like just There's off two. of going out there and getting you twenty five on a night mismatches, pick and roll, pick and pop, all that. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, again, it's one of those – it's the same thing we talked about with all these guys. If it's on the buyout market, let's go. I'm in. You know what I mean? We buying. Yeah. Now, we the Old Depot, much, now we buy yeah, of course, Old Depot's still out there. We don't know what's going on. That team, I, I've, I've never felt worse for a head coach than I do for Stephen Silas right now. Such a uh, great guy. Yep. And I, did you see the press conference yesterday? Yeah, yeah, man. It's just hard I, to I, watch, I, man. That's hard to watch. It sucks. Um, and I talked about this on my other show yesterday, which is just like, they, they just got to pull the, they got just trade these dudes. Like the problem right now for them. And I know this is getting off on a tangent, but it, it it sort of correlates because Vic, Vic has been connected to the heat so much, but it's just like, there's a bunch of guys playing on that team right now that don't expect to be there. So it's, they're not going to win a game or games until they know what their future is right? and how hard has it got to be as a first year head coach to have to deal with that 20 in a row. Well,
0: yeah. But at some point you got to be a pro as a player, and just be like, man, just for personal, you no, know, just for who you are as a man, as a player, you know, you go out there and win a game, man.
1: Yeah. And we didn't land, we didn't end up with my perfect scenario of getting PJ Tucker and LaMarcus Aldridge PJ also traded. He's now on the bucks. Nice pickup for great. them.
0: I am about to say, that's a great pickup for
1: them. It's a very good pickup for them. Uh, and there are, there are, they are rolling right now. That team is absolutely rolling. It's interesting, like, the top three teams in the East have sort of established themselves at this point. Not that Miami and Boston aren't two teams that can get into that echelon, but I think we've seen right now the way Philly's oh, yeah. played without Embiid, the way the Bucks are playing, and the way the Nets just keep destroying people even without KD – there is an upper tier of the East right now, and everyone else this week is working to try to see no, how, yeah. they, how they can get to that tier.
0: There's no question. You got the Philadelphia, you have the Nets, and you have the Bucks that are right now they're 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 head and shoulders above the East right now. But one or two moves away, you know that can change. And with the Bucks, this is the regular season. They're always good in the regular season, you know. Same thing with Philadelphia. they always, you know, good in the regular season. Now, Brooklyn is totally different because we've never seen them with this type of talent, you know. So, But we all know that those guys have won at a high level. But everyone else, you know, the Heat, you know, first of all, the Heat don't fear anyone. But nobody should fear anyone until they prove what they can do in the playoffs. So even though these teams are at the top of the conference right now, you know, as it gets closer to playoff time, you know, anybody can be beaten. On any given, you know, Milwaukee been number one in the East this last two years, and they haven't made it to a conference finals yet.
1: Oh yeah, that's why I'm not buy- totally buying them yet. I mean, yeah. I mean this is they're doing what but they do every year.
0: Philadelphia have been favored a lot, and you know they lost the the bounce to Toronto, and then last year in the bubble. I mean,
1: you know, and this is what Doc does. He wins in the regular season, and then other than that one year with that one big three, his teams have been beat a lot in the playoffs. Yeah, um, so. It- Let's see what happens. I'm a believer in Doc, though. I'm a believer in uh, Doc. What it, he's done – let me tell you, what he's done with that team this year is is fantastic. Because that – you know, in the offseason, there was questions about whether Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons even wanted to play together. again. Like, it was like, what, is it time to blow this the process up? And he's got that team playing at a different level right now. And it's it's, it's good to see. I, I'm, I'm happy Doc is doing a good job, because I do think he's a good coach. He just – He's had some bad luck in the playoffs, I guess. Um, sure. All right, before we wrap up, hashtag cold-blooded player of the week. Who you got for this week? It's a rough week. When you, it's a rough hard week, to have man. a cold-blooded player when you lose three in a row.
0: Yeah, it's a rough week, but this week's cold-blooded player of the week is Bam out of Bayou. He's been very consistent, scoring and rebounding, making big plays, posterizing people, so, this week, the cold-blooded player of the week, even though it's a tough week, it goes to Bam out of Bayou.
1: Yeah, I think it had to be Bam for that dunk. I mean, good, good Lord. Like, that dunk of the year, you're going to have a hard time finding a dunk. And Anthony Edwards had a nice one a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but buddy. Ooh, that one. Ooh. That, that one was that, tough. That was tough. That, but That
0: might be the dunk of the year.
1: I ain't listening. Now, nope. now, now, let me say, Bam took off from the from the dotted line, and he dunked on Sabonis.
0: Yeah, but Sabonis was taking the charge. He wasn't right. trying to meet the the Ernie Edwards. That dude tried to meet him at the Apex and got put on a poster. But that don't yeah. take away from Bams though. Bams was nice. Yeah. Bams was nice and that's why he's the cold-blooded player of
1: the week. Yep. Oh, you know what? There was something I did want to ask you as far as trade deadline goes before we before we cuz I want to get your like as a player, right? Cuz okay. you've been traded and you know what this yep. this time is like. What right. are these guys like especially when you're on a team like the heat where they're known for making moves and, and these guys, like, what, what do you go through in that, in that, especially in the week of the deadline? Like, is it stressful? Do you not, do you try to ignore it? Do you hear the whispers? Do you not hear the whispers? Like what, what is it a player what, going through? It depends
0: through? what level, it depends what level player you're on. If you're a young player, it's kind of, kind of nervous because it's your first time you are constantly checking the ticker, seeing what's going on, you know, even though there's nothing you can really do about it, you know, you just, you know, you go about your day, and hopefully, you don't get that call. You know, or in some cases, sometimes hopefully you, hopefully don't get you do. The call. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're a vet, and it's, it's happened before, you know, you don't really worry about. It. You just, you know, let your family know. Hey, listen, there's a possibility. You know, things can happen, and then you wait for it to happen. And when it do, you just adjust. But it, it sucks to be traded when you don't want to be traded. That's that's the part that's rough. And when it comes out of nowhere. And you and you don't find out from the team. That's the that's the part that players don't like. When you find out on the ticker, when you find out when you are going to get you know get your groceries from Whole Foods or something, and somebody tell you, "Hey man, you've been traded," and you don't get the call directly. That's where it hurts. But yeah, other than that, other than that, man, it's just part of the
1: business. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you, you mentioned the family thing because like we sit here, we do this once a week. Right. And we right. talk about players getting traded. And then, but then there's a million podcasts and there's a million media members and the shows and all day we, we, we even as people who, I mean, you don't as much, but like, even me, someone who worked in the league, who's very close with a lot of players, we discuss these guys as if it's like not a big deal to get traded. And yeah, like they're and,
0: not people like they're just like, names
1: on a on a paper. Right. And we don't even, we don't even in the, in our mind, we're like, God, I want this guy to get traded or, or fans are like, we got get rid of him. He's got to go. But then it, it's like, you're talking, you're not talking about a guy. We're talking about a family, right? We're talking a about man, a, whole, a whole life yeah, and you just got to get his,
0: his kids might have to leave school. He might have, might be, uh, you know, playing 25,000 a month, private school, whatever. He got to up and switch schools or because things are going so well, you don't want to switch schools you live in a different place than your family because you want them to stay put. Now you have to make that sacrifice to be yeah. on your own. That's rough,
1: man. Yeah. I've been with, I've been with guys in both situations, especially being in Charlotte for all those years, guys get traded and moved and this, and it's just, yeah, it's crazy. that It's gotta be a, a nerve wracking time. I hey, can't, man, listen, I get stressed got, out over little things. So that's a bit, <laughs> that's imagine
0: a, a married man coming home, telling your wife, babe, um, uh, we have to move to, we have to move to Minnesota. You in Miami, or we have to move to L.A. or Sacramento, or we have to move across the country to San Antonio. Uh, I've been traded. I gotta. We have to move up to Chicago or New York. Like, and you got to move. Like, you got twenty four hours but, or forty eight hours to like to go.
1: That's but but on the opposite end, imagine being the the husband who goes to home to the wife in Minnesota and says, "Babe, we're going to Miami."
0: <laughs> I mean, even that's tough. It sounds good. That does sound good that you're going to get to that sunshine. But even that. Like
1: going to that up and, going to that sunshine, going to that no income tax, state income tax.
0: Man, All that sounds good, but then you gotta think you might you might not know nobody there. Your wife, kids yeah. don't know anybody there. Cause you, you're gonna be okay as a player. You know, you, you're gonna be okay, but you want your significant others, your wife, your kids, your if you got a mother and father who who travels with you, you want them to be okay. And having to up and go to a brand new place. Yeah. In 24 48 hours, man. That's that's rough. So yeah, this is a this is a
1: stressful,
0: stressful time for some players
1: right now. Yeah. Well, it's almost over, guys. Just, just almost over, it. fellas. Three, seventy basically what we got three days, four days left. So about
0: 72 hours almost. Yeah,
1: about 72 hours. And we'll yep. find out. We'll find out. Uh okay. This will actually be the last thing before we stop, before we end today, because I would we'd be remiss if we didn't recognize and send our thoughts to the family and the people close to Elgin Baylor who passed away today at 86 years old. You know, when I, when I saw that I was thinking about our, a couple episodes ago, we had our, we, we got at, we, we got into it about best players of all time and best scorers of all time. And we very, we barely even talk. We barely even mentioned Elgin, but I think we may have mentioned mentioned, may not have mentioned him third leading third most points per game in NBA history. We were talking, this is a guy who the majority of the fans that watch the game today, they, they hear the name and they're like, uh, yeah, he, he was a guy, he was a hall of famer, but I don't know much about him, but this is a guy who who was a game changer. And he was one of the, he was a, not only a great scorer, but sort of an above the rim type of player before above the rim type of players were a thing in the NBA.
0: Absolutely, man. Shout out and prayers up to the, to the Elgin Baylor family. He, he was a legend of the sport, one of the pioneers of the sport. Him and, you know, him and Jerry West were, you know, two of the first, you know, guards that were dominant, you know, cause you know, it was the bigs game. It was Will Chamberlain back in the day. It was, um, you know, Bill Russell back in the day, but, you know, Elgin Baylor and Jerry West kind of changed the narrative to show that, you know, wing players can be dominant players as well. So. You know, prayers and shout out to the Elgin Baylor family, um, pioneer to the sport. And for those who don't know, go do your homework on Elgin Baylor. If you look in the NBA record books, his name is in there a few times.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And not only that, 20 years as an executive and – executive of the year in 2006 for the Clippers and think about how hard that must've been to be executive for the years for that franchise with that, that owner and all the shit he probably had to go through with that guy. Well, I see it. He's a pioneer. It, an He's impressive, a pioneer an sport. impressive man lived a great life and a legend, like you said. So, you know, thoughts, his family and all that. So, um, that's it for this week, dude. That's uh, another one in the books. Believe in Miami heat presented by Bet online. Got to throw that in there now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Norris, you want to go ahead and take us out? We'll oh, actually, th- this week we're gonna do an, a a little bonus episode for you guys. We're gonna do a little—I don't know what we're gonna call it—story like time with Norris. We're gonna do some reminiscing about some Heat history with Norris. Absolutely. Be on be on the lookout for that. The plan is to drop that this Thursday. I think you guys are really gonna enjoy it. Uh, so keep an eye out on that. And then obviously, we'll see what happens if there's a trade deadline. If if something big happens, maybe we'll jump on and talk about that. Um, but until then Norris now now you can go now you can take us out Heat
0: Nation Heat Nation it has been real another episode make sure you sign back in with us later this week and for sure next week Unless hopefully Heat Nation we can get some wins this week (laughs) so signing off shout out to BAM cold blooded clear of the week shout out to the Nation Heat Nation stay with us and we're out